This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Episode 132, Why Disability Insurance is Unique and Important for Airline Pilots. Welcome, folks, to the podcast where we try to encourage you to move forward in your career and your life here at Aviation Careers Podcast. You know, today I want to talk about something that's that's really uh, it's kind of an uncomfortable topic. It's happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to some of you listening to the podcast. You get that dreaded letter from the FAA, or you go to your medical exam thinking everything's okay, but the FAA thinks otherwise. I've seen this play out many times in pilots' careers. One day you're fine thinking about your next vacation bid, and the next day you're facing medical disability for months, even years, sometimes due to a minor issue with your medical. Well, in this episode, joining me is Andy Garrison, a certified financial planner. Uh, he joins me to discuss what you need to do- know as a pilot, as an airline pilot and a pilot in general, about disability insurance. But before we get started, uh, just a quick announcement about career coaching. I know a lot of folks have asked me uh, what's entailed with career coaching. The It's an hour of coaching for $75. You can sign up on the website, aviationcareerspodcast.com, coaching. Also, if you have questions that you want to write in to both myself or Andy, feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast. Another thing I want to remind you about is our membership. Our membership gives you access to the online directory of scholarships and all the different videos that we have, the different webinars we've done and uh, Advanced Guide to Holding Patterns. By the way, that's a new one. And also, you know, Practical Guide to Winter Flying and many other webinars as far as your career is concerned. So go check that out. It's only $10 for one month at a time. We don't make you sign a contract. You just buy it one month at a time. Or if you want, you can sign up for a whole year. Also, some of you have asked about sponsorship, and we do have sponsors, and uh, some people like to have their sponsorship known, and for a certain amount of money, we actually uh, will put that out there. You can contact us directly about sponsorship. The best way you can sponsor us, though, is become a member. Because the money that we use, that, that we get in, goes right into the scholarships and bringing you more content. So uh, so think about becoming a membership if, uh, if you don't want to actually be a sponsor or somebody that's going to mention, uh, we'll mention the name on the podcast. Well, anyway, Andy Garrison, welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast again. It's great to have you back on. Hey, thanks, Carl. Excited to be back on. <laughs> you know, today is a, a bit of an uncomfortable topic, and uh, I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer, for, uh, you know, in, in any means, And uh, but it's just something we have to talk about. And I think money is incredibly important, and also protecting our family and protecting our financial health is incredibly important. And uh, and th- that's why today we're going to talk about disability insurance. Like I said, I've had a had had looked down that disability barrel myself, and, and I know a lot of people have been through it. Uh, but, you know, as an airline pilot, we need to think about it. We also a lot of times don't know what we have. So pilot careers have, have certain special needs as far as insurance. And uh, I was wondering, you know, what, what are those needs, uh, Andy? Yeah, so when we're looking at being a professional pilot, we've got much of the same types of protection and, and risk management and insurance concerns as any other people out there. We've also got a couple others that come into play. And, that's things such as making sure that if we get, as you mentioned, the dreaded call from the FAA or a medical or something saying that you can no longer fly for compensation or fly professionally, you're at a bit of a loss there, even though you may be able to do something else. So you need to make sure you're protecting not only your income, but your flying career and many other things along the way. Well, that's interesting. It, 
one of the things that I've thought about in the past as far as disability, and most people think this in most careers, is that I have, you know, say I get in a car accident and I have something catastrophic happen. That's normally what we think about disability. In our careers as pilots, it's we really aren't part of the general population in the, as far as insurance is concerned. We can have a catastrophic event, of course, and not be able to go to work. But then we could just have a small issue. Uh, say there was something that you didn't put into your medical. Say you went and you got your EKG and your EKG came out bad, even though uh, you're healthy. Uh, you still have a lot of things to go through, and the possibility of you going on, on a medical leave is, is pretty high. As a matter of fact, one of the things that starts happening, especially when you start getting in your 50s, and if you're lo- younger and you're listening right now, remember this because, you know, say 20, 30 years from now, this might start happening. You start seeing more and more people uh, have issues with, you know, their hearts and their, with their heart and stents being put in, that type of thing, blockages. And these, what's incredible is we have all these resources medically now that keep us healthy, like being able to, to go in there and put stents in. But the FA, yeah, they think a little different from it. A guy or gal that's going out and getting a stent put in, they can go back to work at a normal job within a couple of days. An airline pilot, six months, 12 months, something, sometimes a couple of years. And I'm sure, Andy, I'm sure you've seen that happen and had experience with, with people actually being out for longer than they, they had managed. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, as I was listening to this, I'm in my mid-30s now, Carl, and I, I've kind of hit that point in life where I realize I'm no longer invincible. <laughs> um, and, and part of that's come just from, from things that happened in my own life, but also people I know and people I'm close to and the clients I work with. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that disability or having a medical event or something like that can span way beyond I fell off the ladder or I got dinged up in a car wreck. It could come from something chronic, a chronic illness, or as you mentioned, a cardiovascular issue, or even something that wouldn't be as big of a concern outside of the aviation industry. And so it's one of those things that if you actually look at the statistics from somebody in their 20s, they have a one in four chance. So basically a 25% chance of experiencing a disability for some length of time during their working career. And it, that really flies in the face of the concept of it can't happen to me. And so as, as we look at that and we try to plan around that for folks, we want to make sure that, that first and foremost, you're aware of the risks that are out there. And then just like in flying, you want to mitigate those risks and manage them away so that you can go about enjoying your career and, and living the life that you want. Andy, you said one out of four. That's incredible. That, that yeah, one, that's scary. It it is. It is. And as you know, it's uh, you know, there's a wide range. There's I'm out of work for six weeks because I hurt myself. There's I'm going through some treatments, uh, maybe for a medical issue or or substance issue that would cause me to be sick, hurt, or unable to work. And there's all the way up to I've had something or some diagnosis that is going to prevent me from returning back to work. So there's a wide range that you can go through. And, and it's not just the classic end up with cancer or a very debilitating injury. Well, Andy, let's let's walk through kind of a, a, an example and also go as we go through this, learn a little bit about short term, long term disability. We hear these terms and, and what they what they mean. And and we'll use a simple example. I'll use an example from somebody that uh, I had worked with. Uh, goes out in the backyard and uh, winds up falling off a ladder after working on something and smashes his foot. 
I mean, just obliterates. And I can't believe he did this. But then he was out of work for nine—it took nine months to heal. I guess uh, you never imagine just breaking your foot would take that long to heal, but it had—it did so much damage the way he fell, it took him a long time to get to rehabilitate. So here we go. He falls off that ladder, and now what happens and what, what things start happening as far as insu- his insurance, and, and what does he have to have to protect himself? Yeah, and so the first and foremost thing, which I I think is obvious, but I always tend to restate the obvious just because it never hurts, and that's you need to make sure all this is in place before you you realize you, you busted up your foot or something like that, and so that's why it's so good that we're talking about it, and hopefully, that hopefully this is a topic that a lot of people listening are saying, this doesn't impact me right now, uh, and that's when we want to really start thinking about these things and getting a place ahead of time. So the first thing that, that comes up is he's got to course go to the the doctor and not just because of his injury but get some kind of medical proof that he is unable to continue his duties and if that's flying and he's not able to work the pedals then uh, then clearly that's that's an issue from that perspective so once he gets that he starts the process of figuring out well what am i eligible for since i cannot collect my flight pay or a paycheck now and so we can get into this a little bit, Carl, but most airlines are going to tell you it's really coming from one of four places. One is, do you have to draw down on sick leave or time off? Uh, do you have short-term disability policy that would pay you income in the event that you're disabled for a short period of time, often under six months? Uh, do you have a long-term disability that would only kick in after six months of being on disability? Or do you simply just have some cash sitting on the sidelines that are going to pay expenses for you while you wait for some of these to come through? Well, that's a lot of scenarios there. And uh, one, you're planning, and I think everybody should plan, because even if you're young, like we said, you can hurt yourself. One of the things that that is is kind of vague to me, and I've worked for many different airlines, is this whole, sh- let's start with short-term disability. Okay, I'm injured. I need to get some money right away. I should be saving, right, and have a rainy day fund. Part of that rainy day fund is to to pay for these things. But this short, we talk about short-term and long-term. It's usually about six months is short-term. How do I, I start that process by getting a letter from my doctor and say, hey, listen, I'm sick. You contact your, your company, et cetera. What should somebody expect? And also from, from the things that you've seen, because you've seen many different airlines in their short-term disability, what type of pay can somebody expect in general while they're on disability? And what are the different ranges of pay and, and how is it paid out? I guess also is a very important thing to talk about. Yeah, those are really great points. I, I would say the first thing to expect is that to put it bluntly, you're, you're dealing with insurance companies and, and larger companies in general in the airlines. So when you're going through these events, it's good to know advance what the steps are ahead of time because a lot of what you're experiencing is they aren't as motivated to get your paycheck started as you are. And so with the insurance companies, they're going to request and require a lot of proof that you are quote unquote disabled, which just simply means you're sick, hurt, or unable to work based on how the policy describes it. And so the first thing that you'll do is you'll notify that company. They'll ask you a bunch of questions. And then if all goes really smoothly, about a week for short-term disability, about a week after you you receive the notification from the doctor that you are on disability, they will start paying that out. And so oftentimes what they pay out is anywhere from 50% to two-thirds of 
what you were receiving. So basically, you take your average pay over the last 12 months, and every airline is just a, a little bit different. But by and large, they're looking at over the last 12 months, what did you make? And then they will pay you anywhere from 50% to two-thirds of that pay for generally up to 26 weeks. And that's with short-term disability. And the reason they're really stringent on short-term disability is because so many people can become disabled over the short time from an injury from something else for a six-month period of time. Uh, Once you start getting past six months, you're going to see a long-term disability pop in, uh, which can have a little bit different provisions throughout there. But by and large, they're going to carry through and be an extension of the short-term disability. How does that happen? I mean, how do they go from say you're on short term now you transition to long term there's a period of uh of exclusion i guess i forget the name of it but uh and then you switch yeah. over how does that happen yeah absolutely so every disability policy both short term and long term is going to have what's called a waiting period or an elimination period is is kind of the fancy insurance term and all it is is if you think about when you ding up your car you've got a deductible in as far as dollars go well with Disability insurance, you have deductibles, but those deductibles are in periods of time. And so the short-term disability generally has a waiting period before it will start of, of one week, sometimes three weeks. Uh, long-term disability, almost all policies and, and all that I'm aware of it, the, the major legacy airlines that are out there, the bulk of them, are going to start paying you after six months. And so that's why you tend to see short-term disability policies last six months or 26 weeks is because that's the time deductible, if you will, or the waiting or elimination period for long-term disability to kick in. Interesting. So where do I find that information? I'm sitting here. uh, I found it myself because I did some research when we were getting ready for this. But uh, if I'm a pilot right now, how do I find out the specifics? Because, you know, on our websites, we usually see uh, these nice summaries. Uh, as a matter of fact, I sent you a summary from the company I work for, and it looks real real nice and everything, but it's, a, it's just a summary. It's only a page long. If you look at the actual description of the insurance, it's many, many pages. Where do you find that information? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and, and this is one of the things I find a lot dealing with pilots and clients is that you say, hey, tell me a little bit about your disability coverage, and, and they might go and look on their, their internal website or even their external website or talk to an HR rep or a union rep and say, yeah, I've got it, <laughs> right? But it goes a lot deeper than that. And, and so oftentimes what you're going to need to do is reach out to someone in your human resources department or if you've got a union rep, I, I know um, just one of the bigger unions out there, they tend to have benefit summaries of all of the carriers that are with them. And so you're going to want to reach out and really ask for all of the details. You're going to want to know what types of coverage do I have? What are the provisions associated with it? And can I get a copy of the summary description for my policy? And when you get those, you really want to start working through a checklist to understand what all the different types of important areas that you need to be aware of, of what they cover, um, everything from what is that waiting period to what the definition is, which we could talk a little bit about, uh, what the benefit period is, which means how long will it last, how is that benefit calculated, what is it capped at, uh, how much do they, do they pay you, is it a lump sum? Some airlines could pay a lump sum, most pay monthly payments, and then are those benefits, if you get them, taxable or tax-free? And then on top of that, how does all of that tie into loss of medical benefits as well? So 
when you start thinking about all that, if that sounded a little bit messy, it's because it kind of is. And so that's where you really want to go and make sure you're getting all of these details laid out and sort through them so that you know exactly what your policies have. And if people are listening right now and you're you're getting a little worried, I'm glad because I want you to go find this information and, and go out on your, your company websites. A lot of times will have that information if you're like me and you love to like search on their websites. Uh, that's actually what I did. I was able to just do a, do a search on long-term disability and do a search on short-term disability. And a lot of times they have like folders and of, of different files where you can actually download them. Uh, but let's go back to what you said as far as insurance. Um you said something about loss of license, and I'm not sure um, I think that's clear in people's minds what that is. So, for instance, if I go and have a medical and I'm denied my medical, it, is that considered a loss of license? Yeah, that's a great uh, great point, Carl. I, I, so to, to back it up just a, a little bit higher level for a second, it's really important to understand the difference between a loss of license or medical, as, as the insurance industry calls it, and a disability, because they may not be the same things. And uh, as you know, there's many reasons the FAA may not grant you a medical to where you would still be able to do other jobs, uh, or they may say that you know your, your certificate uh, is suspended or your ATP is suspended for whatever reason. And so it's important to make the distinction between loss of medical or loss of license and then Loss our long-term disability policy. And the distinction between the two is uh, you can lose your first-class medical for, for health reasons. Um, obviously, that impacts your ability to, to maintain your ATP and to fly. Um, but there are situations where you could lose your license but still uh, maintain a first-class medical, and that could be for any particular violations uh, that, that might happen or something like that. So while there are smaller differences from, from most insurance carriers' perspective between a loss of license and loss of medical. Most of the airlines, in fact, all the airlines I've, I've ever seen are really good at, at, at making sure that it covers all the things it needs to cover if you have that policy. Um, and it's almost become that loss of license and loss of medical are, are just two interchangeable words, kind of like license and certificate, if you will. Interesting. Wow, that's fascinating. And and that's something I thought was unique to to uh, the place I work when I was reading through that. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. But uh, from what I can tell, I guess they've all kind of gone to that. One of the things that 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 really uh, it, it sticks in my craw is like you see all these advertisements for loss of license insurance. One of the things that concerns me is that you know, first of all, I want the most insurance I can get. So I, I pay extra to get more insurance. You can pay up to get extra other than, say, say you're getting 50%, maybe you can go to 60%. So I'm going to pay a little bit extra and take it out of my paycheck. But, you know, it, it's interesting how we, we go to this and we look at it and we say, okay, now that I have this, this loss of license insurance and I've, I've paid for that insurance, you know, how do I actually, you know, go about getting that insurance and, and having it paid out, which is, is kind of an interesting thing and, and a little bit uh, confusing for some of us. But uh, I like the distinction. So now we know that we have this loss of license where if I have a violation, I still can actually uh, collect on this, this insurance. And this insurance, by the way, is this actually through an insurance company or is this normally done through the corporation that you work for? That's a great question. If you look and kind of zoom out away from the aviation industry, it's almost across the board done through an insurance company. And that's really important. I'll get to why that's important in just a second. But if we zoom back in into the major airlines, 
by and large, most of them contract with an insurance company where they essentially pay the premiums or in some cases deduct the premiums from your paycheck to this insurance company and they administer it. Interestingly, there are a couple of, of carriers out there, one, uh, a very big one that recently went through contract negotiations that is now doing what's called self-funding its entire disability plan, which means it's established a trust, uh, so a separate entity, a separate account that's funded purely from the airline to pay in and support this disability policy. So it's not necessarily backed by an insurance carrier. And so that's something, well, well if you, you know, we, we all know this airline, whether we know which one I'm talking about now, but it's, right now it's big and stable. But if you look over a 30-year career, uh, it's something you want to know about. Is your airline self-funding their disability plan, meaning if they go through tough times, will they be able to continue to make those payments? Or are they contracting with an insurance company that has a, a backup obligation and a legal obligation to pay those benefits regardless down the road? And I'm assuming if it is backed by the company and say they go out of business, you you probably would have to go through, say, a, a pension benefit guarantee corporation or something like that where you'd have to try to get your benefits, but it probably won't be the full benefits that you are collecting, I'm assuming. Exactly. So this is a newer thing for a lot of companies. Uh, so not not on the, the pension front. Uh, if, if there are some listeners that remember the kind of the A plan days. <laughs> What's and, that? You, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> um, where, where you you were getting a you know a pension or essentially a guaranteed monthly payment once you hit the mandatory retirement age from from your airline. Uh, when a lot of those shut down and pretty much everybody but maybe the the cargo carriers are right now. Um, they go through an insurance group run by the federal government called the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation that they kind of back that. But to your point, they on the, the pension side, they do not receive all their benefits. And if you talk to, to many pilots that were kind of in that group, they'll let you know that. Uh-huh. But on the insurance side of things, uh, it's, it's kind of to be seen because this is a new approach. And I think it's, it's come because it allows, um, the, you know, allows for, for maybe more pay increase on the, on the sides of the contract negotiation, but a little bit lower costs on, on establishing some of the benefits. Uh, so they're, they're kind of trying it out. And, and uh, that being said, that they go through and understand there's tough times that can fund it. But if it does go bust, there are different provisions and different kind of reinsurance, if you will, provisions as backup on there. But there isn't anything like the pension benefit guarantee uh, guaranteeing those ongoing payments. Interesting. Now, going back to what I was saying as far as the you get all these advertisements in the mail uh, as far as insurance, what happens when I get those ads, say, from the union or other companies, and I want to add that to my disability insurance? Are they both going to pay out? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, so in short, if, no, <laughs> um, and, or not in all cases. Uh, they, they might work together. Uh, the, the disability industry calls that integration. Um, sounds like a great, 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 uh, great thing to have. But the reality of it is, is they're for the most part going to in there being either the the insurance providers or your company or whoever is really funding the plan is going to cap the amount that you can actually get paid. And the reason being is, let's say you're, uh, you know, in your 10th year at a major and you're making pretty good income and you say, you know what, I could comfortably live on $100,000 or $150,000 a year. And all of a sudden, if you were able to have your disability insurance and your loss of medical and everything combined to 
pay you your current salary, you may have less incentive to work. (laughs) And so what you see is the way they work together is is anything longer term, they tend to keep at most uh, 70% of your current pay. Uh, and more often than not, it's it's under two thirds or about 67 percent of your current pay is what they all work together to, to kind of cap out at. But with that said, here's an interesting point. A lot of and I hear this every time someone goes on disability is that, gosh, I'm making more money on disability than was when I wasn't on disability. Uh, there's a fallacy in that statement, isn't there, Andy? There, there is. Um, it depends on how, and this is one of the most uh, kind of powerful things you can ask when it comes to benefits time or open enrollment time when you're looking at disability is sometimes it can feel like you're making more if the premium or excuse me, if the payments you're getting are not taxable. So if you're getting two thirds of your previous pay and you're not putting money into your 401k, uh, it could feel like you've got about the same amount left over each month because those benefits coming in are tax-free. Um, now, not all airlines uh, offer a way for your benefits to be tax-free when you come to. In fact, I'm aware of one that uh, caps you at 50%, a major airline, a legacy carrier, that caps your disability payments at 50% across the board, and all of that's fully taxable to you. So there's, there is a wide range in what you would receive net of taxes out there. Um, but by and large, anything over, and sometimes, I should say, sometimes the way that you can put a loss of medical and a disability together, you can, you can depending on the situation, you can come out financially okay for about two years, uh, but then it really starts scaling back. So anything long term, you're really definitely not going to be making more on disability than you would, especially when you consider giving up future pay raises and increases and contribution to retirement plans and those types of things. And that's exactly the point. Your the, the contributions don't come out like they did. You have to do that yourself. You're a lot of times you have to pay your insurance say and also your your raises. You're not you're not getting those increases. Some will have an increase based on either a cost of living, a consumer price index, et cetera, but that's gonna be nowhere near what you would be making if you stayed employed. Uh, sometimes you hear this from the guys that have been uh, retired from the military, say, and they're getting all their medical benefits and everything paid for, and and they're pretty happy on disability, and they they love the fact that uh, it's almost like retirement. But but don't get comfortable. You know, it's not a good thing. It's it's insurance. It's for for you're losing your job, and it will pay your bills. That's great. But to move forward, it, it's not going to really move you forward in your career and your life. And I think that's really important. One of the things you just said, though, you said after two years, it seems that every Everybody I talk to has something different in their contracts. What's going to happen after 24 months of being on disability? Say uh, say I go out and get a job. There's something that you have to talk about because you're not going to want to just sit around if you're 40 years old on disability until you, say, turn 65 in retirement. Now we have to talk about one other thing. What happens to the money that I make outside of this? And does it is it subtracted from the disability? How does that work, Andy? Yeah, and, and thanks for bringing that up, Carl. It's it's one of those things for every airline. It can be quite a bit different because it's really generally on page 80-something of the <laughs> the actual policy. And so you're not uh, – it, it's, it's not typically front and center when contract negotiations are going on. And so it, while you do find a, a lot of differences around that among – as far as how the other income is measured and accounted for – 
among different airlines, there's two components to it that are really important to know. And the first one is what is the definition of disability that the policy uses? And this is, is critical to know. And there's really two types of definitions. One is what's called own occupation. And the other is what is called any occupation. Uh, own occupation means you can't do what you do. You cannot sit in the left seat or the right seat of an airliner and fly people for compensation. Uh, any occupation means just because you can't do what you do every day, if you could go and teach a class at a community college, if you could go and work and do computer programming at some point, or if you could do really any other job out there, then your benefits stop. So what you see is, is generally across the, the airline industry is you're going to have long-term disability policies that will pay for two years under that own occupation. So if you can't fly an airline or even if you could go do anything else, for the first two years, you're still going to be able to receive those benefits. Now, after two years, if you're able to do anything else, then the benefits stop or get significantly reduced and eventually go away. And, and how those airlines structure it, again, is, is part of contract negotiations. But the, the general rule out there, general guideline, is that most will pay you full benefits for two years if you can't fly an airliner. However, after two years, if you're eligible for any job, as evidenced by your doctor saying you're either still disabled or you're not, then you're, it's likely you'll start seeing those benefits get reduced. And, and even if they're, they're not reduced, you may have found a job by then. And uh, in some, from what I've seen, they actually will reduce it by the amount you get paid. And and all of a sudden, your benefit goes to zero. And at some point, you're not going to get that benefit anymore. So there's there's a lot of things yeah. to think about. And that's that's a that's fun. it's it's actually fascinating. I know uh, a lot. We're getting into the weeds, which is great. And everybody that's here listening is a very technical type of person. Uh, but in general, you know, we're I don't mind going a little long today. I know we're we're over that 30 minute mark. But in general, what what insurance does you know to wrap up here? I'd, I'd like you to bring up other important points that you think we need to talk about as far as uh, disability insurance. You know. What do they really need? What do I need as an airline pilot as far as disability is concerned? Yeah, so I, I, you definitely 100% need to have long-term disability. So if everybody's taking notes, write anything down, write down. You need to make sure you have a long-term disability. Odds are you do. If you're working with any major legacy carrier and even most of the regionals, it's just part of the package. Uh, within that kind of subpoint A and subpoint B, you want to see if you can have your income and have your benefits be tax-free if you were to receive them. Because getting half or two-thirds of your salary tax-free is a lot better than getting half of your two-thirds of your salary taxable. And there's some there's a couple things you, you give up doing that, but they, they pale in comparison to the benefits there. And then the other thing you want to make sure that you've got as far as long-term disability is that you have enough cash reserves sitting in the sideline, right? We all Everyone flies with enough fuel for things to go wrong and you should fly with enough cash in your life for things to go wrong too. And so if you want to opt out of a short-term disability policy uh, and just have the long-term disability policy, you want to make sure that you've got enough cash to get you through that first six months. And then every pilot definitely needs to have a loss of medical or loss of license. And you want to make sure you know what your airline has. Most of the Majors and, and regionals, once you've been there about five years, they have pretty darn good loss of medical, loss of license coverage. 
However, if you're there shorter, it's a formula based on your seniority. And so it could end up being a pretty small amount for a pretty short period of time. And a lot of regional airlines might pay you out to maybe one times your salary or something around that range as, as a lump sum. So you want to make sure that you have long-term disability, plenty of cash sitting in the bank to cover six months worth of your living expenses, and you want to make sure that you've got loss of license and loss of medical. Um, as far as short-term disability, if you've got the cash and you don't want to pay the premiums to, to acquire short-term disability, then I would tend to say that's okay as long as you're comfortable knowing that you might end up spending down. Uh, if you have a lot of sick time or sick leave, that can help replace short-term disability. Um, but if you don't have extra money sitting in the bank and you don't have much sick time built up, you may really want to consider short-term disability. So on that front, again, long-term disability, definitely loss of medical, loss of license. And if you don't have the cash sitting in the bank or you just like that little extra peace of mind, having a short-term disability policy can make a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I'm a big believer in it myself. You know, that's me because that's my comfort zone. I like having the short term, even though I, I have the money in the bank, the six months saved up in case something happens. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm running a little more conservative there. And uh, But but it's nice to have that that short-term disability, knowing you'll have that income coming in. You don't really have to, to pay down, like you said, or, or draw down, excuse me, on that, that savings that you have in the bank. Uh, so there's different philosophies. It's all based on you, isn't it? It's based on the person. Uh, that you're you're counseling or, or consulting with as far as uh, what kind of risk do they want to take? Uh, another interesting point you made is a is the sick time and say you have sick time, vacation time, et cetera. There's people that have years worth of stuff saved up. I mean, it's incredible. Six months is is nothing to them. They could just you know keep keep getting an income for six months just like they were just getting paid. They just go on sick leave because they have so much sick time saved up. Uh, so that's something else to look at. So it's really, it's very specific to the individual, isn't it, Andy? It is, it is. And you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you said it's, it's what's in the comfort zone, right? And I, I'm a big believer that if it can be insured, it probably should. And there's probably a reason there's insurance for it. Um, but beyond that, you you know, you have to evaluate how would you feel in certain situations. And if you're in doubt, it's always smart to get the insurance and make sure you're covered in all the areas you can be covered. Awesome. They, you know, Andy, this has been great having you on here, and uh, I'd love to have you back on uh, to help us out and help those folks out as far as, uh, you know, what they need to know what the, as far as their, their wealth is concerned, as far as their insurance is concerned, this discussion we've had as far as long-term disability. Know what you have. You definitely have to have long-term yeah, maybe short term too. You should have short term. It's all different at the regionals, the majors. Every place you work is different, so you really need to read your policy, and I think that's important. Uh, Andy, where can if they have questions specifically? Because first of all, I, you know I'm not a financial planner. You are. Uh, I give I give advice as far as 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 planning your your financial future and your career, and I can give you advice on on you know a business, et cetera, starting a business. But I'm truly not somebody who's a, a certified financial planner. Like yourself. So if somebody wants to reach out and they want to find you and and get help, obviously they can go to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. You can always send it and I'll send it along to Andy. But what's what's the website? Where can they find you? Yeah, the best place is my blog, which is airspeedandmoney.com with and spelled out. So airspeedandmoney.com. And you can also reach me via email at andy at airspeedandmoney.com. 
Well, awesome. As a matter of fact, uh, we have a pick of the week uh, before we close out, and we were talking about insurance. We talked about disability. We talked about short-term, long-term loss of license. There's other types of insurance. And, and Andy, you did a really good blog post, and uh, it talks about the five types of insurance you must have now. And a really good description. I just briefly went over it. I'm going to go back and read it again. But some really cool stuff, and I like how you wrapped it up at the end. Make sure you know what you have, and uh, and then go and reach out to your HR department. Uh, I would highly recommend everybody reading that article. It's on his website, Airspeed and Money. I'll have a link at the bottom of the show notes here, uh, episode 132. Uh, Andy, any uh, last parting notes in general uh, to people who are looking at long, uh, disability insurance, what they should do right now? Yeah, I, the last thing I'd say is I think we covered a lot of ground and, and uh, we could we could get even farther in the weeds if we really wanted to. You will learn a tremendous amount about it by just asking someone in human resources or your union rep for a summary of all of your benefits and just reading through what they give you. And and it's pretty eye-opening. And if someone wants to email me at, at andy at airspeedandmoney.com, I'd be happy to forward a kind of a checklist of an inventory for all the benefits and, and insurance that I use with folks that you can kind of use as a guide as you read through those. And most most airlines have great, great coverage out there. You just want to make sure you're aware of what it is and taking advantage of it so that you know you're covered and you can go on enjoying your flying career and, and loving being in the air. Cool. It's a good checklist. Andy sent me a, an example of it, and it's uh, uh, good stuff. So so definitely get that. Uh, and uh, I know, Andy, you work with people all over the country, uh, and, uh, and it's a great resource. has a wonderful blog and, and a cool book called Millionaire Strategies for Pilots to Build Significant Wealth. As a matter of fact, we're going to have Andy back on and talk just about that book and what you need to know to try try to build wealth. It's it's very important to to understand uh, the difference between what uh, the government and uh, the society calls rich and wealthy and what true wealth is. And that's our teaser. So we're going to have that coming up in, in an upcoming episode. Andy, again, thanks for being here. It's always wonderful to have you on. We're, we're definitely have you on a, a new episode coming up shortly. And uh, for those listening that really they that are wondering, gosh, what is all the stuff we talked about? We really got into the weeds. Yeah, some of you, I know your eyes are glazing over right now, uh, but don't worry. Go back, listen to this again, read the blog. This this is stuff that's incredibly important. Your wealth, your your financial wealth, your family's wealth, and your future and your security. We're talking about all these things that that you need to know and things that are important because it helps you move forward in your life and in your career. And that's what we try to do here at Aviation Careers Podcast. We want you to move forward both in your life and your career, and your financial life is incredibly important. Well, folks, do something now. Do something today to move forward in your career, in your life. It might be something small by reading that article that we have, that link. It might be something really big like going out and getting a rating, taking a check ride, making the commitment today to protect you and to protect your family financially. So do that now. Do that today. And we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.